0: Has your company just gone public, giving you a sudden influx of wealth? Have you been saving for the future and want to be sure you're managing wisely? Congratulations, and welcome to Wealth Unlocked with Tom Selbo of Landmark Wealth Management Group. Tom offers guidance to help you make the big decisions surrounding your finances, avoid costly mistakes, and build a strong financial foundation for your future. Let's get started.
1: Welcome back to the Wealth Unlocked podcast with your host, Tom Selbo. This time around, Tom dives into wealth accumulation. And Tom, that is something we all need to get better at, right?
2: It is. And, and thank you, Patrice. And, and welcome in, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening to the show. I, I really do appreciate it what I wanted to start off talking about today Patrice is uh squirrels of all things of all creatures squirrels love squirrels love squirrels okay we'll see well we'll get into my thoughts on squirrels in a little bit <laughs> but <laughs> but at my house in my backyard there we just have it an immense amount of squirrels and my, my kids love them. I mean, they, they run across the fence uh, across the wires and they're always pointing at the squirrels, but what happens, I mean, without fail kind of late summer into the fall every year The squirrels, I mean, they wreak havoc in my yard (laughs) (laughs) and, and in my backyard, I'll paint a little bit of picture of a picture, but I, we have a variety of, of fruit trees. We've got a grapefruit tree and, and apricots and plums. And, Hmm. uh, we always plant a lot of tomatoes, um, my father-in-law does an amazing job growing tomatoes every year from seed. And, and he starts like in February from seed inside. And anyways, we get them planted in April. So we have these wonderful tomatoes, but we, so we have this, the, the vegetables and the fruit in our yard and late into the fall, the squirrels, they start harvesting and they, they don't just harvest one of the the fruits or one of the vegetables. They, they kind of do everything and they, they they grab the, the, the pieces of fruit and they just dig holes everywhere. Um, everywhere you can imagine. I mean, in the dirt, in our planter boxes, (laughs) uh, we have some like mulched areas and they just, they wreak havoc, but they are just excellent at preparing for winter and I, I also sit back here and, and it's like shake my fist at the squirrels and it's like don't you know you you live in California we don't even have winter
1: <laughs> you would deny the squirrels their
2: their winter thoughts though exactly they, they have this this biological innate need just to to harvest and accumulate and they they know winter is coming and as much as i I just hate those darn squirrels and all the work it makes for me um i I just i admire their their work ethic and i um i just admire the how they accumulate for down the road for winter so i i just share that story today talking about wealth accumulation and i, I just think there's a lot we could learn from from the squirrels <laughs> right <laughs> so so we'll, we'll kind of start there and and really when we talk about accumulation um i'll put it in the framework of this generally speaking i mean we we all work from age uh, 20 to 60. And then from 60 to 100, you kind of have to live off of your savings. And maybe now in the modern world, maybe it's more 20, you work 25 to 65. It's different for, for all of us. But but generally, that's kind of that, that financial lifestyle. So from age 20 to 60, it's sort of like the spring and summer and fall. And you've you've got to accumulate for winter and not that it's maybe not the perfect analogy. Uh, it's not that retirement is, is the winter, (laughs) um, for, for most people, um, the early years of retirement are, they're supposed to be the best years of your life. And, uh, we always talk about that. Well, you you retire early on and you have the go go years, so you really enjoy. And then you have the slow go years where you, you mm-hmm. kind of don't travel as much, you don't spend as much, and and then later in life you you have those no go years where uh, you you haven't replaced the furniture in the house for twenty years, and you're probably not going to replace it, and uh, you just don't spend all that much. And and so you have this this retirement period, and I, I don't think a lot of people realize just how expensive that retirement period is. I mean, from age 60 to 100 you have to live off of what you've accumulated and it's just it's a very expensive process. So the, so maximizing those accumulation years, age 20 to 60 is is just so important. And what I'd start with is, is I'd share this. For, from 20 to 60, there's sort of three areas you need to get really proficient in. You need to get proficient in in some way or another at, at earning money. So you need to be able to earn a paycheck to, to earn some, earn some wealth. Two, you need to get proficient at saving money. So you, you kind of got to, you got to learn how to earn it. Then you have to learn how to to save it. Then three, you have to get proficient at investing or, or managing the money. So you, during those accumulation years, it's, it's building, uh, building proficiency in, in, in earning, in, in saving and in managing
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, the wealth that, that we accumulate along those times. And I sit here too, because with the variety of clients we we work with, and, I, I, and my friend groups and peer groups, it's interesting because I, I think some things come more naturally to others, just biologically or whatever you'd like to say. But I, I see some people that are just very, very good at saving. They have that squirrel mindset of, okay, I'm, I'm going to- mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, that's good.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna accumulate. I'm, this is just—it's part of what you do. And other people, I mean, uh, wealth just burns a hole in their pocket, and it's like they can't seem to can't seem to hang on to it. And we're all dealt different cards. We all um, just have to to do the best we can. But we can all get better at those three areas of burning. And,
1: and then you get couples where one saves and one spends. <laughs>
2: That's for an, another episode. <laughs> Oh yes and I and so I I start there and in in down the road on some of these episodes I, I kind of want to break this down further and kind of do an episode on well what should you do in your 20s um, what should you do in your 30s and 40s what about in your 50s and 60s and kind of break down that accumulation period in your 20s we'll, we'll talk quite a bit about choosing a partner well uh, so we'll we'll get to that down the road patrice. Okay. <laughs> Good. So, that, so that's kind of the the fundamental starting place of, of wealth accumulation. What I kind of want to break it down into is, is when you get beyond some of those first things. So some of these things, you really just have to, you need to pick yourself up by your bootstraps and you really got to just take initiative for yourself in some of these areas. Um, for example, earning money, getting a marketable skill that you can go out into the the marketplace and and find a job. Um those are things that you you kind of have to take initiative for uh, yourself. You need to go out, get educated in, in whatever area you'd like to and and go down that road. Um, and, and you also sort of have to be pretty self-sufficient and and teach yourself how to be able to, to save. So kind of earning and savings, there's some advice that advisors can give, but really that has to come from from within you have to be disciplined enough to get going with those first two and then once you you've got that going and you've started to accumulate that's when an advisor can really add value to just help navigate the wealth management journey uh, along the way D-
1: does that make sense yeah definitely definitely i mean you you can't really plan if you don't have anything yet
2: exactly so you, you kind of you start there, and and then you really
1: when it comes to accumulation,
2: you you just start with some of the more fundamental things. The one everyone goes to first as well. You you've got to have a budget. Um, it, this might come as a surprise to you, just as a as a financial uh, financial guy as a advisor. I hate budgets.
1: <laughs> you are not alone. <laughs>
2: yes, and I and I I'll tell you what I mean. I, I, they're very very important, but. I mean, for me personally, sitting down at the beginning of the month and saying, "Well, okay, I'm only gonna," um, I, I mentioned before, I, I love coffee, I, <laughs> yes, yes. I, and I, and if I sit down on the first of the month and I say, "Okay, I, Tom, you, you you only get um, forty dollars this month to spend on coffee," it's just that mindset doesn't work well for me.
1: But that's that's more than a dollar a day, Tom. Yeah,
2: I know, I know, I know. <laughs> And, and what, what does work for me though, and and I call it just reverse budgeting. And what I mean by that is, is I've, I have set out long-term and short-term financial goals. My my wife and I have for where we want to go and where we want to be in the future. And I've quantified those goals. So I I kind of know where I want to be financially, how much those things are going to cost And I've broken it down into, well, what do I need to save each month? And what kind of rate of return do I want to get on that savings? Or what do I want to project I'm going to get on that savings Uh, to to reach those goals down the road? So are you you with me so far there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you, you, you set out those goals. I've quantified it and said, okay, I know I need to save X amount into certain types of accounts each month in order to get where I want to go. And so what I do is I make sure that I'm doing that first. So I, I save what I need to save to get where I want to go first. And then as long as my credit card balance is zero at the end of the month, right? then I, I'm okay. I, then we, we have some freedom to just spend on things we want to spend, enjoy life a little bit. But we know that the long-term planning is taken care of first. So I, I I really like that reverse budgeting concept, yeah. and and we're all built differently. But for a lot of my clients, I think it really I like starting with that goal development and where do we want to go, and
1: then let's quantify that. And and, and for you, Tom, you could quantify it as cups of coffee. Yes, it, cu- exactly. I, and I say that seriously because with the price of gas currently at pretty high levels, I went and wanted to buy a really nice garden plant, and I looked at it and I said, that's three gallons worth of Gasoline, I don't think so. Yeah.
2: Oh my goodness! Well, so out here in, in California, at oh, the time gosh. of this recording, um, I filled up last week, and we were at six dollars and twenty five cents wow. a gallon. Wow. Yes, and d- different parts of the country, but um, I mean, well, welcome to California and and taxes. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, this again, something like this can just throw off a budget. So I think your idea of the long term first. And then you see what you've got left. I think that's very valid. Absolutely, absolutely. So you 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 have those
2: fundamental things like budgets or reverse budgets. But really, you got to spend less than you earn, um, and that that's just where the the fundamentals of accumulation come from. Um, and I, I went into this a little bit, but once you've got those fundamentals down and you're able to save something, you do want to have that idea of where you're going. Where you're going in the short term, like maybe you you want to buy your first house, maybe you want to buy. A rental house, maybe you want to buy a vacation property, mm-hmm. um, or maybe you have kids and you want to fund their education. Those are maybe more uh, short or intermediate goals. And then we all have that kind of end date of uh, retirement. When do you want to retire, or at least when do you want to be financially free? So you didn't have to go to work if you didn't want to. I like to frame it that way. I know for myself, I expect to be working well into my 60s. I think it's just Mm -hmm. um, something that I want for myself, but I'd like to be financially free from doing that uh, earlier than that. And I think that's uh, something that a lot of our clients can resonate with. And we we try to quantify those. So you got to have an idea of where you're going and we want to put a date on that. And, And as an advisor, I really help our clients do that. So we know where we're going. We know what the end game is and after that you 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 put the goals out there you put the wishes out there you have those things you'd like to accomplish but then we really need to quantify them so one what are each of those things going to cost what's the house going to cost what's education going to cost does your kid want to go to community college and then a state school or do you want to send them to stanford uh, out here where i am and those are very vastly different costs, depending on, yes. on yes. where you'd like to go. And when we talk about retirement, do you, are you planning to move out of state, buy a, a little piece of land and kind of sit on the front porch in a rocking chair? Or do you want to travel the world and um, have big experiences? Again, very different price tags. And we all have different ideas of, uh, of what we want our lives to look like. So you, you got to kind of know where you're going, but then we need to quantify it. And once we've quantified it, that's where we can really just break down the roadmap into smaller bite-sized pieces. So you can say, well, if mm-hmm. uh, if, if say we've, we've quantified our retirement goal 10 years from now, and we need a million dollars, and right now we have zero, and if we say well and we're going to expect a 0% return on our investment then we can break that down and say well we've we've got to save 100,000 a year
1: mm-hmm.
2: and if we say well retirement's 20 years out okay we've got to save uh, 50,000 a year retirement's 30 years out got to save 25,000 a year oh and we're going to get some rate of return so maybe we only need to save uh 12,000 a year or 1,000 a month. So you you can really just break that down based on the goal. Does, does that make sense?
1: Yes. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And as you say the smaller bite-sized pieces that's something you can look at and and really get your arms around very easily. It, I mean, exactly. $50,000 $50, that's a lot of money, but you say $1,000 a month if you're getting returns. $1,000 a month I can I can I can feel that. I can see it.
2: Exactly so you, you just you want to break it down into something that's actionable that right. you can do and again and then what what happens oftentimes too is well, maybe you want to send your kids to Stanford, you want to retire at 40 and you want to travel the world and I quantify that for uh, individuals here in Silicon Valley and I say, well, you're going to need ten million dollars and then you just have that reality check of okay well, Maybe we need to readjust expectations and and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just, it's so vitally important to know what's realistic, know, and know how you're going to get there. So once you've done that, really, then it just, those are the big fundamentals. I mean, saving, knowing where you're going and quantifying it, just so you know that there's a roadmap. And then from there, that's where the world gets more complicated. And, and we we live in a very complicated financial world. We just we really do. Do you, do you save even a, a 401k or a Roth IRA? Or if you own a business, do you use a SEP IRA or a simple or a solo 401k? And you you have all of these account types and and different types of accounts you can put money into. I mean, much like the squirrel, it's like a buries his uh, seeds in the dirt, buries some seeds in the mulch, buries some in the rocks, buries some in the uh, in the planter boxes. So, I mean, he's really just hedging his bets. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, if the seed in the mulch doesn't work out, I know I've got it over here in, in the rocks. <laughs> so you, you, you've got all these areas you can accumulate and save, and you want to be strategic about it. And it's it's different for each of us where the most optimal place to put the money uh, into is going to be. So, and
1: can, can that change over time, Tom?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. And it gets kind of into our our financial planning monitoring process, where all things, all kinds of things in our financial lives change. I mean, every year. I mean, you, you have uh, kids are born. Um, there's deaths in the family. There's job changes. Not to mention things outside of our control, uh, like uh, tax law changes.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So you have all of uh, all of these things in our financial lives are always changing, and you've got to be able to pivot based on on where you need to go. So you, you create this strategic savings plan around where do we accumulate the money and what types of accounts do we use? What what do we put it in? And then you always get the question of okay, well, where do you save it? That's one question. Two, I mean, when do you save it or when do you invest it? And when I do this, as I'm doing this episode here with you, Patrice, I mean, the, the markets are are down in a correction. So I get that all the time. Well, what should I do I invest now or is it a bad time or should I wait? Or or what do we do? And When you're in those accumulation years, the most important thing, in my opinion, is to just be consistent. So the easiest example is if you have a 401k at work and you get paid two times a month, you just save something in that 401k every paycheck. So Mm -hmm. every two weeks, uh, you're putting some money into the market. And I don't care if the market up at all-time highs. I don't care if the markets are down you just keep putting money in. And when you do that, it's called dollar cost averaging. So uh, y- you buy some shares when it's expensive, some when it's cheaper, mm-hmm. but over time y- you get this nice average of what you've paid and you-, you should get some level of return on that over time. And it- it's a way just to take emotion out of it because the reality is none of us know when the markets are gonna be down, when they're gonna be up. But we know that if you stick in for the long term. Uh, historically, it, it's always worked out if you have high quality investment portfolios. So you kind of have that where to save and and when to save. So I've covered a lot so far there, Patrice, but
1: are you with me so far? I am, most definitely. And the dollar cost averaging makes absolute sense. At some other time, we really should talk about perhaps the sequence of returns and how dollar cost averaging can help you avoid that. But that I think people would probably sit back and say, if I miss those days, if I pull out and do this, but that's too complicated. We'll talk about it later. I yes, like and Keep going. Keep good, going.
2: good. And yes, you get into sequence of returns and then, then you get into your your retirement distribution years, which we'll talk about uh, at another episode. But you, you, So you, you, you do the fundamentals, you save, you quantify your goals, you create that strategic plan of what types of accounts to use, strategic, unemotional investing plan. Okay. We're going to put money in at a set cadence every month. And then you're, you're kind of on that road of where you want to be. And what you really want at that point is you, you just want an advisor by your side to really help you avoid pitfalls along that journey. And there are all kinds of pitfalls that, that could, could come among any of us, but I mean, and pitfalls is maybe the wrong word, but you just want to make sure you're not making big mistakes along the way. and and as you progress on your accumulation journey and you have accumulated more and more, the the stakes just become higher and higher. Yeah. And I, I just always say, well, if, if you're a 20-year-old and you've you've saved your first 10000 dollars and you've invested it and the market drops 30%, then okay, you you had 10 now you have 7,000. It doesn't feel good, but you lost $3,000. It'll come back. It's not the end of the world.
1: But I think you just said the key thing. So it will come back. Exactly. Exactly. And you have the time. And you have the time.
2: Yes. And you need to, and you want that advisor by your side just to to be able to uh, coach you through those times. Right. And and, and then when I talk about the stakes getting higher, I mean, if you, you take that same example, but you have a a retiree who uh, maybe has a million dollars in investable assets, and that same market scenario happens, and and now your a million becomes seven hundred thousand. I won't say lost because yes, you need to be coached through those times, but you you've lost in the short term three hundred thousand of of value, and that feels much different than three thousand on the early end. So as you accumulate more the management of the assets becomes much more important becomes much more important to be in tune with how much risk you're willing to take and just working with an advisor to make sure assets are invested appropriately so you you have these mistakes you want to avoid along the way like well if markets drop don't don't panic and sell out other things just like be, uh, along your accumulation journey being smart with debt is huge Debt and and leverage can be a very powerful thing if you if you use it for assets that accumulate, like real estate, for example. Or if you take on a little bit of debt to invest in yourself, educate yourself so that you have higher earning potential. Again, those are those are smart uses of debt. But but if you can't really afford that new car and it's a 7% interest rate. And you don't have much money down financing that shiny new car eh, that's going to de- depreciate in value. Not the the smartest use of of, of debt. So you you just want to be cognizant of that and avoid making big mistakes that can be really expensive along the way. And not just avoiding mistakes, but on the other side of that, most of us along our, our life I won't call it luck, but we we will all enter just bouts of of windfalls and good fortune and And that looks different for us all. But I mean, if if you have some of those windfall events, like an inheritance or your company stock goes public and you you all of a sudden have a, just an influx of, okay, there's unexpected wealth kind of dropped in your lap, using those opportunities to be strategic and smart and just not squandering it is just a, a huge part of most of our accumulation journeys so does all of that make sense, Patrice? I've kind of walked through the fundamentals down to just the, the kind of some of the nitty gritty of, of the management side.
1: Mm. And then my, my only question would be, how closely should you be tracking your accumulation phase? Because as you've mentioned several times, you might get, you know, a feel a pit in your stomach and say, well, I got to do something. Go it, to your it, financial advisor and talk to them. But how closely should you track this?
2: Exactly. And it, it, some of it depends. I mean, for the longer term goals, if you're a client in your 30s and 40s, you want to track it probably once per year, just to a, a check-in. W- where do I stand? Um, where should I be? What's going on with the markets? How much am I saving? Um, once a year is a good check-in. Sometimes you can go even a little bit longer than that if you're just on a good strategic savings and investing plan. But then it just comes down to not only just checking in once every year or two to monitor it, but but what's changed in your life? And and that seems to happen yearly for most of us. Something changes. So you really just do want to check in uh, on that annual basis to to make sure um, again, has something changed in your life or in the outside world that we need to make adjustments.
1: All right. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's a great idea that <clears throat> excuse me, the once a year, too many people watch on a daily basis. I know exactly. I know several of them, yeah. and it's 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 wearing on your nerves.
2: Absolutely, and and when it comes into the the shorter term goals, and, and when you get into your distribution years, you want to be keeping more of a, a close watch on that. And again, you want that advisor by your side just to help coach through just the, some of those difficult areas. And and watching daily is just a recipe for getting too excited when things are going up and getting uh, <laughs> <true>. too, too <laughs> panicky true. when things are going down. And you just getting your emotions wrapped in is not, uh, it works against you when it comes to investing uh, and, and managing wealth. So well, what, I, what I think I'll do, Patrice, is I, I've gone through through these fundamentals of, of accumul- accumulating wealth. You, mm-hmm. you need to get good and proficient at earning, savings, and managing. And then it just comes down to some of those fundamental things. You, you got a budget, you need to spend less than you earn, you need to, to be able to save, you want to have an idea of where you're going, then you need to quantify that. And then it's just getting that strategic savings plan in place that you can uh, be regimented and unemotional about. And then once you've got that in place, you, you kind of monitor it as things change. So I, I, I'll end with this. When you go back um, 40 or 50 years in the US, the, the world has just changed so drastically. I, I mean, 40, 50 years ago, you went to work. Uh, you used just the, the classic example. You You went to work at the factory and you worked at the same company from the time you were 20 to 60 and you retired and you got a pension And then you kind of lived out your last years on your pension and maybe a little bit of social security. Maybe you saved a little bit along the way, but you just had this much more simple financial life 40, 50 years ago. And today the world has changed and it's become infinitely more complicated. I mean, you have to be in charge of of your own savings, your career path. Most people have um, many many jobs from the time they start work until they retire these days uh, you you don't just get that pension done for you 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 have to navigate investments and do I buy stocks and bonds or rental real estate and what types of accounts do I save it in and it's just become so complicated to manage the financial life through those accumulation years so you really really want that, financial professional on your side, just to, to help you along the way. So if you need help with that, and we all do, me and my team at Landmark, we would be more than happy to help. You know, we're very proficient in this area of retirement and wealth accumulation. It's one of those eight areas that we specialize in. So if you'd like some help, um, please reach out to me. You can find me at Tom Selbo at LandmarkWealth.com, or you can find us at LandmarkWealth.com. Thanks for listening, everybody.
1: And this is the podcast Wealth Unlocked with Tom Selbo. Subscribe and follow to know when the latest show is ready for you. And please share it with friends and family. I'm Patrice Sakura, and let's talk again later.
0: Thank you for listening to the Wealth Unlocked podcast with Tom Selbo. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available and follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook at Landmark Wealth for all podcast updates. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Landmark Wealth Management Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice.